welcome to Speed Rounds, where we say our catchphrase is, let's do it quickly, friends. <laughs> I am Jesse Kester, and I am so thrilled to introduce my co-host, Naomi Beatty. Hi, I'm Naomi Beatty, and this is my sidekick, Jesse Kester. You got it, right? The The music is done, so you can talk normally. It's just because <laughs> of the music that I have to I have to talk like that. I have no choice in the matter. How are you doing? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. This is a short episode, so we're going to just mm-hmm. burn through it. We're going to be talking about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, not all those other Eternal Sunshine films <laughs> that uh, the the Eternal Sunshine cinematic universe that we all know and love. Yeah. Um, what else are we talking about? We're talking about what we've been watching. What's on? Those are going to be the two segments, and that's it today. That's it. It's a short one. Um, do we want to talk emotions, or should we skip emotions? I think we don't do that on the short one, do we? Yeah. Boo, emotion. Get out of here <laughs> okay. with your feelings. Then let's get into... The talk. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine. The first question that is always on my mind when we talk about a film mm-hmm. is, did you enjoy watching this? I did. This is uh, a movie that I enjoy every time I watch it. And I've seen it several times. I, not a not a ton, but several. You lose track after a while because yeah. it's such a like drifty, dreamy, flippy <laughs> film that like I don't know if I've seen it six times or sure. 12. Yeah. But more than, more than three, less than 50. Yeah. Um, and did you like it? Oh, Jesus, Louises. <laughs> I know. I think this is a short conversation because yeah. we, we both have just only nice things to say about it. Let's go from, let's, let's, we're walking in this house from the front door. Let's go in through the back door. If there was anything you could change about this film, would you change a frame of it? No, I wouldn't. Me neither. Okay. There is not. Done. There is <laughs> one shot where Jim Carrey kind of like maybe 10% oversells something that he's mm. doing somewhere in the middle. The, okay. I don't recall that, but... But it, I don't recall which moment it was, mm-hmm. but there was one time when I was like, ah, oh, that's a little bit Jim Carrey. Hmm. He disappears so completely into the role mm. of Joel that even like a little, just a little yeah. flick, flicker of it was enough. To, yeah. But it pulled you out. No. No. Oh. No. Just thought, okay, maybe. Uh, <laughs> all <laughs> right. There was one thing. But, well, so what can we, what can we discuss then? What can we learn from it if we have nothing but nice things to say? That's the big question. I would love to learn from this film. Usually when you watch a, a fantastic, like you watch Citizen Kane and you can be taking notes the whole time of what mm-hmm. you're going to do the next time you make a movie to make a better movie. <laughs> this film is so singular in its vision, so mm-hmm. singular in the technology and in the, the dreamlike execution only Charlie Kaufman could have written this. Only Michelle Gondry could have directed mm. this. What do you take away except that sometimes amazing artists do art that is perfectly <laughs> theirs? Like what? I yeah. I can't learn much from this film. Yeah, and I th- I think you, you can, I think you can though. Oh, oh, <laughs> put me in my place. Well, I do think there there are things that you can learn by looking at um, the things that they did right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, always with good movies, you can do that. And I think, um, the two things that really stuck out to me are that, uh, this has a beautiful, elegant, um, invisible structure. It's such a strong structure and it allows all of the wacky inventiveness to be built on top of it. Um, and it holds it up, right? So okay. you can go all these crazy directions, but you have this beautiful structure underneath it that holds the story together. Uh, and then the other thing is I think that the story is built on really primal, relatable emotions. It gives you genuine, it gives you the feels, right? Like yes, when you're watching all, it. Each and every one of them. <laughs> yeah. And so it delivers all of that. So it's not just, um, it's not just a movie that's 
got a bunch of crazy stuff that you've never seen before, it's grounded in making you feel something true that you can relate to. And because of the conceit of the film that we're living inside of a dream that's going backwards over the course of a relationship, you get to you get to kind of like burn through the feels like you just get to go to that moment of the emotion mm-hmm. and skip a lot of the dialogue and setup and plotting that might have gotten you to that emotion. You just get these pure little yeah. injections of emotion. They have these. I mean, every scene, I feel like that you're you're sort of reliving their relationship with mm-hmm. them. I I. I hope it's not just me, but I feel like every one of those scenes rings true. It's like, yep, been there. (laughs) I've been in that, in that scene. (laughs) I've been in that relationship, you know, who hasn't been lying on the floor of grand central station (laughs) and they just get sucked into a vacuum of darkness. I know that's exactly the one that came to mind. There's Um, this time in college. (laughs) No, I was thinking of like the, the time in your relationship when you absolutely hate each other and then, and then, you know, going backwards to the time when before you hated each other and you didn't know that was coming yet. And you know, it's just all, it's all so true. No, no saying like being upset and saying something just to be mean, like just to cut the other person. Yeah. And And then then instantly regretting it. And And realizing that you cannot uncut that wound. There is no stitch that will put it back together. Yeah. All that stuff. Except the full blown memory wipe and a review (laughs) of everything you said during your relationship via audio cassette. (laughs) So I think those are the two big things I think that you can look at as look to this movie as really good lessons of how about you anything that you can learn yes i can learn to well okay here's all the stuff i learned from this film was not about filmmaking it was about love and how to stay open and how to stay available um one-to-one ratio not true the first time i saw it i didn't cry but every time after that because i'm so the first time i was very overwhelmed for one and also the dean of the school was sitting in front of me i took my girlfriend out to see it in college and it just so happened that he was at the screening so Mm. i had to keep myself together but uh at the end after they've been through the ringer Mm -hmm. um they meet each other and they're listening to the audio cassettes of everything horrible about themselves Mm -hmm. and everything horrible about the person that they're looking at and they contend with that and they look at each other and say okay Mm -hmm. and i lose my mind at that point beautiful every relationship you have to contend with the worst of you knowing that the person you're looking at who's in love with you or ready to explore with you now is only getting access to the best of you Mm -hmm. but they're going to bring out every other part of you you're going to (laughs) explore things that you can't explore alone with that person and you have to just say Okay, we're yeah. doing this. I feel like for me, the the thing that, um, or the thought that that, sort of that last scene sort of crystallizes is like, even if you knew all the bad things that were to come eventually, mm-hmm. would you still be willing to go on this journey, right? And it's and it's like, yes, you have to. That's the only way to have a relationship is you don't know what's coming. It could yeah. be, it could be beautiful for the rest of your life, or it could be, you know, it could end in terrible you know, hating each other in in two months. Right. You don't know. Um, and that's kind of the, you take the bitter with the sweet, you know? And there's a, there's a, like a pervasive pessimism. You can disagree with me if you want throughout this whole (laughs) film. Um, Joel and Clem, uh, we don't see much hope in the long term of their relationship. Like we've seen the worst of them throughout Mm. the film. Uh, David Cross and his girlfriend is a bleak view of what domestic bliss can be. Uh, the the, the uh, Frodo, what's his name? Not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> no, um, gosh, now I'm blanking. That's pitch black. <laughs> Dr. Marzwiak, 
pitch black vision of what love and relationships can be. Kirsten does pitch black relationship of what every version of love. Mark Ruffalo, just a doofus getting high and listening to The Clash. Like, it's dark. There is no roses (laughs) on any relationship in this film. And at the end, we all say, okay, like we just keep trying to find the beauty in all yeah, of it. Yeah, see, I don't see that. I don't see that as pessimistic. I see it as... I, I don't, the, because they say okay at the end, mm-hmm. it's optimistic. And the final right. conclusion is we can love and we should love and we do love. Right. But they don't, they don't pull any punches on this one. There's no right. version where they're like, long-term love is easy and works. Right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess I, th- I think of it both because of the very end... I think of it as optimistic because of that, that final moment between Mm -hmm. them. And also I think because, you know, the story as a whole is sort of like, you can't, the, the much worse option is to try to forget the pain, like to try to forget the the bad stuff. Not engage it. Right. You have to, you have to take it all right to get the good stuff. You have to take the bad stuff. And I feel like that is, that is an optimistic thing because it's the, you know, you need the bitter to make the sweet taste yep, sweet. Yep, so, yep, yep. And, it, and also I think the final conclusion is that's no excuse to disengage from the right. world and from the world of love. And, right. and that's a beautiful conclusion after how brutal the film is on. Yeah. On and romance. I think it's like the good outweighs the bad too. Like the good is good enough to be worth going through. I wouldn't disagree with yeah. that. If you, if you paid me a million dollars and stabbed <laughs> me in the face, we, we agree. We're on the yes. same page. <laughs> I think we're agreeing that this is a fantastic film and that love is a great emotion and that we should always <laughs> be open to it. We're really, we're really broaching a groundbreaking discoveries here. Yes. Um, are we good? I think that's it for the discussion because there's, it's just such a good movie. Oh, I'm getting like teary. I just looking, looking over some of the quotes from the film towards the beginning, Joel says, this is sort of, or no, no, uh, Clem says, this is sort of warped when they're in the past Mm. version of her babysitting. I love that line, just that, that how how reductive it is of everything (laughs) that's happening. And the other line that, uh, that gets me besides, okay is uh, I wish I'd stayed. I wish I'd done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's, it just feels like that's a third act emotion mm-hmm. that when you, how, how do you top everything that comes before that is, yeah. is just fucking sincerity. <laughs> <laughs> it's core. Yeah. God bless that Charlie Kaufman fella. And thank you, Michelle Gondry for seeing it through anything yeah. else. No, I think I'm good. Awesome. Then let's move on to, is on what oh. else is on yes what, <laughs> what, what on the earth is on uh, what are you watching well, what, are you, what are you catching up on this week so the uh the thing that i want to plug this week that is on netflix as of yesterday is my friend adam hendrick's movie he's a producer on it um his company produced it and uh it's called cam it's a identity thriller mm-hmm. um so if you like those you should watch it on netflix i certainly will yeah. thank you for the recommendation yeah. you mind if i jump in here please <laughs> i have been watching uh spike jones and michelle gondry music videos oh. to review just what a what a blossoming format that was in the 90s <laughs> and now it is dead with a capital dead yeah, now so funny how like I wonder what the number is now just of music videos that actually get made today. That uh, It's like one every year. Or that are worth watching a couple. Do, do people actually still make music videos? Things like people film stuff to go with their music mm. that they're trying to sell on Bandcamp. But okay. we're not getting like 
There are no more jet skis jumping over flaming bridges these days. We don't have Backstreet Boys flying through space in a, in a ship anymore. Those days, the people make them, but it's more of like a YouTube hobby mm. thing. But good lord, what an art form! If you harness that thing correctly, you can change the world. Hmm. Interesting. I'd say. Is that a proven fact? No, it is not. <laughs> cool. All right. But uh, just let's check in in 20 years. And And see if that worked. (laughs) I'd love to say I told you so. All right. So uh, get get yourself loaded up on music videos. Uh, Check out Cam on Netflix. And join us next Monday when we discuss another Charlie Coffin film. uh, Script adaptation starring the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And co-starring the other, the one, the only, Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Because Charlie Coffin... And Spike Jones. All right, are we done? We're done. Then let's get out of here. Good.